This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Tonight, we're going to talk about the power of gratitude. If If you're taking notes tonight, that will be the title, The Power of Gratitude. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is where we're going to start. While you're doing that, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the opportunity and the freedom that you bring into our lives that we have here in this country. Father, I pray right now over this country. Father, you said if we'll humble ourselves and we'll pray that you'll heal the land. And so, Father, we pray for that right now. We stand on your word, Father, as we bind our faith together. Lord, you are the only one that can heal this land. And Father, whether you do it through man or whether you do it supernaturally in totally another way, Father, Lord, we put our trust and our faith in you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Father, in the midst, we still call upon you. We ask for your hand to be placed upon this country to help us to rely more on you, Father. Lord, I pray over each and every heart that is in this room tonight that you would help us to receive your words, your thoughts tonight. Father, help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I'd planned on not saying so that lives would be affected and changed tonight. Father, most of all, help us to recognize how much you truly love us and how you see us, think about us, and speak about us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and make it there if you haven't made it there yet. It's right before 2 Corinthians, if you weren't sure on that. So just kind of give you a point in that area. Um, I came across this uh, story. It started, this gentleman, he's a, he's a pastor down in Dallas, and his name is Tony Evans. Um, he's a great man. He, he writes incredible books. He, he's just a great man of God. And he spoke this, this last week in one of the churches that I listened to during the week. And my goal is to get as much of the word in me as I can, because I realize this, if I get more word in me than I do world, then I'm going to produce more word than the world. And so that's what I've got to continue to do. So every day I listen to a new sermon. I'm getting new word in me. I'm getting the word in me every single day, along with reading the word. And so um, this week I I heard a story, Dr. uh, I believe it's Dr. Tony Evans. We're going to call him doctor in this, but uh, give him a better title. Um, He was sharing a story. And he, he opened up the service and he said, oh, let me tell you a little story, something that happened to me when I was in, back in 2003. He said he and his wife had flown and they were flying back in and they got, they got to New York. And they said they'd, they'd been at New York, they stayed the night there, and then they were going to get up and fly back to Dallas the next day. They had their flights and everything set up. They said they got to the airport. When they got to the airport, they were standing there in line and they were waiting and they recognized that this was a little bit longer waiting than normal airport time. You know, it's really slow anyway. So they're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And they're waiting. The line's not even moving. And they're not sure what's going on. So he said, well, I'm just going to go check and see what's going on. He said, I'm going to go up to the front and see what's, what's happening. And so he leaves his wife there in line and he walks to the front and he talks to the person, the baggage check, and, and said, hey, what's going on? What's up? And he said, he said I don't know. He said, Something is messed up at the airport. He said, none of, our, none of our computers are working. All of our electricity is out. He said, we're running on generators, but it's only powering part of it. There's just, just major issues. I don't know what's going on. I said, well, what do you mean? And he, he said, I don't know what it is. He said, we're trying to figure out what's going on. And he, he looked up at that moment and he saw on TV that they had announced that there was a huge uh, power outage that started up in Canada and, Canada and made its way all the way down through the northeast 
uh, United States. And New York was involved in that. And they said, there's no flights going out for at least the next 12 hours. Well, at that point, they couldn't catch a flight. So they called their travel agent back in Dallas and said, what do we do? And they said, we're working hard. There is one hotel room, every other hotel room in the entire place. And all of New York is booked. But there is one hotel room. If you will get there in the next 10 minutes, it is yours. So they booked it down there. They got a taxi. They got downtown. They got to where they got to, uh, got into the hotel. And they said, they get into the hotel. It's just pitch black. He said, in fact, we're, we're being let in by flashlights and candlelight. He said, we got to the, where you check in. And he said, their computers are all down. So they're doing it by paper. And I was like, I don't even remember that happened. And he said, I, I had to sign in. I could put, a, put us all this stuff down. And he's, he's putting all his information. They're taking his credit card down the, the old school way with a little slide. And he said, he hadn't seen one of those. And they pulled it out of the back. Anyway, so they finish. Well, the elevators aren't working. So they have to walk upstairs by candlelight. So they're, they have this lantern or candlelight, and they're walking upstairs. They finally get into the room, and the bellboy takes them in there, and they open it up, get them into the room. And uh, the wife at that moment drops the bags off. The bellboy leaves, and she goes over to the door or to the window, opens up the window so that she can let fresh air in because there's no electricity, which means there's no air conditioner, and this is the middle of summer. And so they're going through all this stuff, and they're trying to figure out when she opens it up, they look across the way, and there is this bright, lit-up building. And they're looking over there, and people are sitting out front. They're drinking, and they're eating, and they're having fun, and they're doing all this stuff. And they're like, what is going on here? And he said he, he, he and his wife are like, what, what's happening here? What, what's going on? They're lit up, and we're dark, and I, I don't get it. So they said they got out, and they, they made their way back down in the lobby. They went across the street to see what was going on, and they, they went across the street and all these people are eating and drinking and having fun. TVs are on. They're, they're just hanging out. It's a great time. You see all this joy and this just, just they're enjoying life. And they said that he walked in and he talked to the manager and he said, hey, what's going on? And he said, well, he said, everywhere else in New York is out except here. This is the only place in, the, in all of New York that has power. And he said, because when they first built this building, they built a massive generator down underneath. Most people thought it would never be used, but today we're using it. And because of that generator, the darkness doesn't affect us. We have the light. And he said, because we have the light, look what you get. And he said, Tony Evans looked at him and said, that's interesting. Because he said, in life, a lot of times we see darkness and we're not sure how to get around. But he said, that's that light that attracts you. Well, the Bible calls you the light of the world. So when you see yourself as the light of the world, the Bible also says that you'll have peace, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we look at Christians, we become like that building. When there's darkness all around us, you still have the joy of the Lord inside of you. So you get an opportunity to say, I'm still here to honor God. I have an opportunity. It may be dark everywhere else, but it's not going to affect inside here. And that was what the bellboy said, or the manager said, he said, Nothing on the outside can affect what's going on in here. And that's what it comes back down to. And as I heard that statement, I thought that's exactly the attitude we've got to have. Every single day, we can have an opportunity to wake up and make this day incredible. One of the quotes that I came across, it's by Dr. Robert Holden. He says, the miracle of gratitude is that it shifts your perception to such an extent that it changes the world you see. 
Listen to what that said again. The miracle of gratitude, the miracle of gratitude is that it shifts your perception to such an extent that it changes the world that you see. When you apply gratitude in your life, you understand that there is power. Power changed everything in that hotel because they had power outside of what the world says you need to find your power from. They were still lit up. But I think too many times, it's what Pastor Jimmy talked about, sometimes we get plugged in to the wrong things. Sometimes we get connected to something else that is filling us. And that's where the word comes in and teaches us the truth here. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, it says this. It says, but a person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. Listen to how this is said out of the Amplified Version. It says, but if anyone loves God, but if one loves God truly with affection Reverence, prompt obedience, and grateful recognition of his blessings. He is known by God, recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love, and he is owned by him. That scripture right there paints a picture of who we are. But if one, not if a perfect person, but if one, but if one loves God truly, with affection. And I love this statement right here, and grateful recognition of his blessing. When you become grateful for all that God has, it changes everything. When you're living in, when you're, when you are living for God, everything changes. The way we view things, the way we hear things, the way we see things, the thoughts that we have, and the words that we speak. The question that I asked our equip group last week was this. When you look in the mirror, Who are you? Who's that person that's looking back at you? How do you define that person? Because a lot of times what we do is we look in the mirror and we see all the blemishes and all the mistakes and all the things. There have been many times that my wife is getting ready in the morning and she's like, oh, or she's she's cleaning her face at night and getting ready for bed. And and, and she's like looking at this stuff and she's like looking like this and, and doing this. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I've got this thing here and I've got this thing here. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. All I see is amazing. But when we look at those things, we see it so different because we pick out all the negative things in our own life. But if we'll listen to the way that God explains it, it changes it all. Because the power of gratitude, if we recognize the blessing that God is in our lives, it changes everything. So if you're taking notes, number one is this. Gratitude brings God's power. Gratitude brings God's power. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 is where we're going to start right here. Great statement. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. In verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances. Now that's easy to do when life is going good. Oh man, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Man, it's amazing. Here it is. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. And this is, I was talking with Pastor Jordan earlier, and I said, you know, this is kind of the time where, where the holiday season really kicks off. And he said, you know, he said, I always used to think Halloween was in that. And I was like, well, that's not really being thankful. That's more greed. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of go through these things. But I said, it, it changes. People's attitude changes. The way people see things and do things, it changes. 
We become very thankful. We spend an entire day telling everybody how thankful we are and how blessed we are. And then we come back and we go straight into Christmas. And, and I think we forget about it that, you know, we give thanks on Thursday and then we fight on Friday and then we ask for forgiveness on Sunday. For those of you that don't know, that's Black Friday. Yeah. So um, what we go through is a process. We miss some things at times because we become so caught up. But I think that's where thankfulness comes in. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, remember what, what 1 Corinthians said, that those who are grateful for his blessings, the one who recognizes God, the one who loves God, the one who chooses to be here on a Wednesday night, that's who he's talking to, you and I. It ties right into this scripture. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That scripture cross-references back over to Ephesians chapter five, which is back to the left just a little bit. Ephesians chapter five, verse 20. It says, and give thanks. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It changes when we start to become thankful. When we become thankful, it changes the way we view it. Remember this, the, the quote, the miracle of gratitude is that it shifts your perception to such an extent that it changes the world that you see. If you become thankful for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, it changes the way you view them. How many of you are thankful that you got a car that you can drive here tonight? Man, there's a lot of you that are thankful. There's something, oh, you know, I'm not real thankful of this one. I wish I had a better one. I wish I had this. Well, guess what? The more you keep thinking of that, the more you're going to treat that thing bad. For years of my life, I used to think, well, when I get a nice car, I'll really take care of it. But if you can't be faithful with little, how can you be faithful with much? There's so many people in our lives that miss that opportunity. I, I've always said this, and I always feel like this is a conviction in my own heart. I'm not saying this needs to be on you, but I said, I should never have to apologize for a blessing God has given me. Meaning this, that I should never have to apologize for the way that my vehicle looks. I should never have to apologize for the way that my house looks. Because I take it upon myself to say, God, I want to be grateful for the blessings that you've given me. And one of the ways that I can do that is take care of those things. I should be able to do those things. And I'm not telling you my car is spick and span or my house is spick and span, but you know what? I, I, I shouldn't treat it like, well, when I get something nice, because the thing is, nothing will ever be nice enough for you to fully have the commitment to be grateful for that blessing. It's the truth that we have to come to. Being thankful changes the way that we view our family. There's a lot of people in life today that have lost loved ones recently that are pretty grateful for the opportunities that they had. There's a lot of times that we take for granted all those times. Be thankful for the opportunity that you get to celebrate another day with your family. Be grateful for those things. Be grateful that you have a job today because there are people within this room that would love to have the job that you have. Oh, but you don't know my coworkers. No, no, no. Be thankful for them too. Oh, but you don't know the boss I have. No, be thankful for them too. Because remember this, the miracle of gratitude is that it shifts your perception 
to such an extent that it changes the world that you see. Be joyful. Pray about all things. And in every circumstance, give thanks to the Lord. For this is the will that God has placed for each and every one of us. Listen, there are not perfect days. There are, there are days that are great and there are days that are bad in every one of our lives. But we can be thankful that we've got another day. If you can't find something to be thankful about, be thankful you've got clothes to wear. Be thankful you've got a pair of pants that you don't have to go with nothing on to work because that would be weird. You know, you may not make it to work. Be thankful for those things. Be thankful that you got a great bed. Hey, well, you know what? It's got a spring that sticks in my back and it's really hard. And I said, well, great. Be, be thankful that it's trying to massage your back or something. I don't know. Figure, figure something out to be thankful about in those areas. Because the more you become grateful and thankful for the things that you have, it changes the attitude. When it changes the attitude, it changes the perception. When it changes the perception, it changes the way that you walk through this life. God has something incredible. The best power play that you have is to do God's will. The best power play that you have is to do God's will. There's always things that we're looking for right here. And it's a choice that we make. Number two is this. Learn the steps to gratitude because that brings peace. Learn the steps to gratitude because that brings peace. Now, let me show you what those are. Philippians chapter four, just to the right from where you were. Philippians chapter four, I want you to kind of follow through with what God is doing right here. Verse six is where we're gonna start. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's where it starts. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about it. Pray about it. Have you prayed about it? No, well, I don't know. No, I picked up the phone and I called my friend. Oh, I got on Facebook and I went off on a rant. I got on social media and I did this. Why didn't you pray? Well, I was getting to that. Let's flip the order. Remember, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. You know what that does? That creates a step in your mind. When you do that, what you're doing is you're saying, God, I need you to move. If I need a financial miracle, you tell him, God, I need a financial miracle in my life. Lord, I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. So then you present your request. Then he says, and then thank him for what he has done. So, okay. So I've got to thank him for what he's done. Okay. What's he done? Well, father, I, I thank you for blessing me with a great wife. Father, I thank you that you brought into my life something that I never could have found on my own, and that is through your son. That I've really found out what life is all about. Now, Lord, you bless me with great kids. Father, at times, they're, they're, they're tough days, but it's so good to hear people come back and tell you how amazing your kids really are. Father, I thank you that you've helped me in that area. Father, I thank you that you bless me with a great job. Father, that I've, had, I've got a house that I can come home to that is peaceful. And all of a sudden, what it starts doing is it starts... Bring it back. That's right. God did this. That's right. God can do that. That's right. God can, that's right. God can do all this. That's right. I can do all things through who? Christ, who gives me the strength. Why am I worried about this again? I've got the God who created the heavens and the earth. I've got God who created every single star that I get to look at and admire. I've got a God who created the greatest masterpieces in the world, who gave creativity to every person. Why am I worried again? Oh, that's right, because the world says I should be. Well, it's time to get more world out and more word in. 
So now we start to apply this. So he takes the steps and he says, and thank him for all he's done. Verse seven, then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So the peace starts to come in. How how come you got a smile on your face? You're about to lose this. You're about to go through this. You don't even know if you'll have a job tomorrow. Why you got a smile on your face? Because I got a God who loves me. That job is not my source. God is my source. What about this? You're going to lose your house. No, that's okay. A house is just a thing. I've still got a God who's the creator of all things. If he created that house, he can create a better one than that. He can bless me with something better than that. All of a sudden, you start speaking the word of God, and it changes the way that you're walking this day. You start walking with a little bit of boldness. That's when the Bible says, come boldly into the throne room of Christ. Why? Because you built yourself back up, and you're walking in peace. When you're walking in peace, you're not like this. You're, not, you're just like, you know, walking. You're not scared. I'm not sitting up here worried about somebody coming and jumping on stage right now. I just walk around. Now, if I was worried about somebody throwing something at me, I may be ducking and doing those things. But that's not walking in peace. So you walk it out. You start to apply it in peace. Verse 8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So first he tells us, okay, pray about it. Thank him for it. He'll bring peace. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Why do I have to fix my thoughts? I've already prayed about it. I've got peace. I've got this. I've got that. Oh, wait a minute. Because when I say amen, you know what the first thing is going to happen? Well, I hope it'll work. Oh, I hope. I always used to remember this. The Lord helped me to understand prayer as very simple as this. There are certain people, when, when I do things, especially when I play sports, if, if you mess up, like if I'm a quarterback and you're the receiver and you drop the ball, you're probably not going to get it again because I don't have a lot of trust in you yet. But there are certain people that I may throw the ball to and they drop it one time. I'm like, okay, that's all right. I'm going to throw it back to them because I know they're going to catch it the next time. So the Lord helped me to understand that, that there are people that are out there that it's like, okay, I'm going to put it out there. I, I, I hope, I hope it's an expensive ball. It may break, it may this, it may that. And you don't trust that God's going to catch it. But this is where he comes back to. And now one dear thing, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. Why? Because when I fix my thoughts on what God is, it changes everything. What is God? God is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Oh, that's right. That's who God is. That's who God is. That's right. That's the thoughts that I have of a person who can catch a football. I trust them. I know that if I throw them in the dire need, if I have to have somebody catch the ball, I'm throwing the ball to them. That's how God has to be in your life. He's the one that's gonna catch your prayers. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse nine, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Those are the steps that we have to take to get to peace. Those are gratitude. You become thankful for those steps. As you walk down through this, it changes everything. I, I remember I was watching a movie, and, and, and many of you probably have seen this movie before. It's called The Rookie. Um, and, and it's about a, a high school teacher who goes and ends up playing in the major leagues. It's, it's a great one. Dennis Quaid is who the pitcher is in the movies. It's a great movie. But there's a part in the movie that, that even as I was pr- worshiping God, he reminded me this tonight. And, and he said, this is what we've got to get to. There's a part in the movie where he gets to this place and they've traveled on a bus all day and he gets to the hotel and he's like just struggling to get out and he pulls his bag out and he 
puts it in his hotel room, and he goes out to walk out that night, and he's just walking around, and he notices some lights in the distance. And so he walks out over there, and he just sits there, and you, you see a picture of him, and he's just kind of sitting there on a fence as he watches a Little League baseball game. And all of a sudden, he's reminded. That's right, this game is a fun game. This game is a good game. And the next day, he woke up, he walked up and in the scene, he looks at his buddy and he says, hey, you know what we get to do today? He's like, what? He goes, we get to play baseball. And he said it with such a smile that he's like, oh yeah, that's right. We get to have fun today. We get to do the thing that we've dreamed of since we were little kids. And it changed everything about how he viewed that day. And it was from that moment on that he got his opportunity to make it to the major leagues. And I get it. It's a story. It's a movie. It's those things, but that's for other people. No, no, no. That's for you and I. We have to look at work tomorrow, not as work, but as an opportunity to experience something incredible. I can be thankful. And guess what it's going to do? Change the way that I view things. The opportunities that I have, God is blessing me with this. And this is what it comes back down to, is when I learn to be content, and for time's sake, I'm going to zip right down here. Verse 11, it says, not that I ever was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. When you become content, you bring peace into your life. When we become just uncontent, not, not, not settling for anything. It's just like, I don't have a good enough house. I don't have a good enough life. I don't have a good enough job. I don't have a good enough this. It's never going to be good enough. And you're always going to be feeling despair and you're always going to be feeling down and you're going to be feeling this instead of saying, you know what? I'm so grateful for what I got today. If you stayed in your house today for the rest of your life, would you stop serving God? Well, well I'm basing my relationship on what God can give me. Well, then it's all wrong. But the great thing about it is God is so gracious and merciful that he looks at you and says, that's okay, we'll start there. Now let me show you who I really am. And as I show you who I really am, you'll learn to be content in the house that you're in and the job that you're in. And when you become content, you become thankful. When you become thankful, you become peaceful. When you become peaceful, you experience the will of God. It changes everything. Literally mind blown when we change everything. That's how good God is. He comes back and he helps us to understand this. Two quotes that I came across were this. Zig Ziglar, who's a great leader, says this. He says, the more you express gratitude for what you have, the more things you'll have to express gratitude for. Catch that right there. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more things you'll have to express gratitude for. And the last one is the, great source, the greatest source of happiness is the ability to be grateful at all times. The greatest source of happiness is the ability to be grateful at all times. Of all the attitudes that we can choose to have, of all of them, surely the attitude of gratitude is the most important and by far the most life-changing. It's a simple choice that we make. As we remember God's word, it changes everything. Enjoy this life. Enjoying everyday life. It changes how we view things. The final step right here, number three, is gratitude brings praise, which brings you into God's presence. Gratitude brings praise, which brings you into God's presence. Remember, as we read that in there, Psalms 24 is where we're going to go to. And I'll go very quickly to that. Psalms 24. One more. Verses 1 through 3, it says this. 
The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean steps. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in this holy place? And verse four, this is what it's gonna come down to. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idol and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing, for they have a right relationship with God the Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. When we become grateful, it changes how we view everything. Psalms 100 verse four says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. The Lord paints a picture that it says it starts with thankfulness. It's not just because it's November we're talking about being thankful. It should be in December, January, February, March, April, any one of them. We should be thankful every day. This is the opportunity that we have. Praise always brings you into God's best, allows you to be God's best. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.